Welcome to Dan Malloy's Personal Power Podcast. Get ready to up your communication and commitment game. Hear from those who have succeeded using Dan's program. And now, here's Dan Malloy. Boom! <laughs> How you doing, everybody? Uncle Dan here. I am thrilled to have as my guest today on my podcast, Power Moves, Mr. Paul Mitzos. Paul is a power player. Paul has been an entrepreneur. I've known Paul for 17, 18 years. I know his entire family. Paul was part of the team, the family team that built the company, an icon in the auto repair and tire industry, Mountain View Tire, over 30 stores, over 30 years in business, and they recently sold it to Monroe. A huge, huge opportunity for him. They also have been very big in drag racing. NHRA racing, pro stock drag racing, comp eliminate, all different types of drag racing. And Paul is a driver. He's going to share with us as a, both his philosophy about success, his philosophy about life, his philosophy, and some of his exploits on the racetrack. I do these podcasts because I want to interview interesting people. And on a scale of interesting people, you were like right up at the top, the top. Two percent, one percent of interesting. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, well, interesting. I, I qualified. I'm, I'm the number one qualifier, or close well, to it. Close to it. Close to it. I think okay. because of what's your philosophy about living life? Uh, my philosophy is is to be very, very happy, very positive. The glass is is always half full, even if it's only ten percent full. It's more than half full always for me, always, no matter what, no matter what happens, no, no matter what life throws you, it's, it's all about overcoming adversity. And, and, and God knows I've been through many, many challenges in my life and I keep pressing forward. And, and, and what happens is an individual, it, it, it's, it's a choice. You, you get stronger and stronger as you go through these things. You, you can cave. And you can feel sorry for yourself, which is what, unfortunately, what a lot of people do. Um, but no, I, I keep moving forward and 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 really overcoming obstacles. And life fate gives us obstacles every day, every day. Yeah, you look, let me ask you. Let me look at it slightly different. When all of a sudden you're confronted with a huge obstacle, how what do you, how do you? What's your process? Because this is very important. I agree with with you. With a lot of people have. Yeah. When you get whacked with something, you go unexpected out of the blue. What it, what's your thought process, the conversation you have about that problem? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna before I dive into that, I'm gonna tell you that I'm uh, I'm very extroverted and I get very frustrated and I probably drop a few f bombs here and there and get really excited, oh. but <laughs> but but that's my mechanism, right? So as as quickly as I as quickly as I get, I need to get rid of it to get that energy away from me, and then I move on. And then I, my 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 brain operates very quickly. I I, I process information very quickly. And as it's happening, I don't I can't tell you how or why. I'm already processing information on 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 what the solution is. That that's just yeah. How to fix? I'm a fix it guy. You know, my daughter comes with me when she was younger. Dad, my Barbie's head broke off. Okay. Let's fix it. If I can do this, I can do anything. You know, that's a good example, Paul. I like that. The Barbie's head falls off. I like that. That kind of encapsulates it for everybody. 
<laughs> Tell me about what, why do you think you look at life like, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase here, like an opportunity. No matter what happens, you're looking for the opportunity. Why do you look at it like that? How did, how did that happen to you? Um, I, I, think, I think, to be honest with you, I think it was instilled by my father teaching me, you know, and to have a great sense of pride and ownership in everything that you do. And, and I'm, I'm a very competitive person like you by nature, where I, I want to be the best at what I do, no matter what it is. It doesn't matter. I want my car to be clean. I want my pantry and my kitchen to be organized with all the labels facing out. Whatever it is, <laughs> whatever it is, you know, if I'm going down the racetrack at 210 miles an hour, I want, I want my stuff, my whatever it is that I'm involved with to be above and beyond. And, and, and that's, that's, that's just me. I mean, I don't know if it's a sickness. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's, it's passion. It's, it's wanting to, to rise to the top and stand that's above true. all. I don't want to be average. That's not who I am. Yeah. I want to be above average. Talk about racing. How did? What? How old were you when you first? Because I want. Let me just say this: that that Paul is a very successful race car driver and owner, and he and his family have been in uh, involved in um, uh, uh, you know pro stock, drag racing, uh, comp eliminator, all kinds of different classes. What are you in now? How did you get started in racing? And, and I want to also. <laughs> I also want to know what's it like on the starting line. You know what? I want to understand that thought process for you when you're about to do 400 miles an hour. Right. Well, when when I first started in racing, uh, probably about probably about 18 years ago, I, I was uh, traveling. My dad was the owner of an NHRA drag racing team at the time, Competition Eliminator. Vinny DeSegui was the driver, and and I traveled with my dad, uh, working on the crew. You know, teaching me how to do things like pack the parachutes. Uh, I, I learned how to do the clutch on the car and, and, and doing the tires and, and taking them off and rotating them and things like that. Having to monitor the air pressures of them, the, the, uh, the, the um, you know, how big the tires are. You have to measure them after every run, the rollout. I was at a loss for words. And, um, and, and as I became very interested in, in being a member of the team, I also wanted to, to see what, I wanted to drive. I was interested. You know, I wanted to feel that 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 competitive edge. What does it feel like when you're in the car next to another car and you're traveling at just crazy uh, speeds? And and I went to the Frank Hawley Drag Racing School. I struggled with it immensely because when I first started, because uh, what people don't think is, oh, I I can handle that. I can go that fast. You know, I've been 150 in my Cadillac Escalade on the freeway. Yeah, but you did two miles to do it. Do it in a quarter mile. Tell me how that feeling is. And then and when you feel that way, it's interesting because in the first two seconds of a run, when you're at the school, you or let's say one second, you're going 40 miles an hour. It's nothing. It's like, really? But the fact that how fast you're going 40 miles an hour, it can be quite intimidating to the average person, like faster than any roller coaster you've ever been on. It can be quite scary when you go from nothing to like you're being shot out of a cannon. So I, I was able to overcome it because like anything else, the human body gets acquired to, to feelings and, and sensations and, and, and you get used to it, you adapt. And um, 
So I've been successfully driving, being the driver of a race car for 11 years now. I, I When I first started, I was only doing speeds, and I say only, it, it sounds funny, of about 175 miles an hour. I recently in Gainesville, Florida, went uh, to 211. And and if anybody doesn't know, just just two miles an hour difference, you go from 175 to 177, it's a huge jump because it's two miles more in six seconds. So just imagine that. So now I'm going 211, which it's 36 miles an hour faster than when I started. It's a tremendous amount. You Very, very, very few people on the planet can go from, I'm driving my, you know, my Tesla because it's probably the fastest production car there is to now I'm going to drive an NHRA race car. It's, it's totally different, but uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty Tell awesome. Tell me about the thought process when you're getting ready to race a big race and what's it like as you get ready and what's, what, what's going through your head as you're lining up and then all of a sudden it's showtime and then you're on the tree and then what, just give, give us, paint the picture for us what it's like inside. When you, when well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna draw, I'm gonna give you a, a quick little story of, of what happens to me. And, and we're gonna talk about the first round right now because you, right. you do qualifying, everybody's relaxed. It's, it's no big deal, no pressure. Now we're up the first round. And, and, and the way I approach it is I don't want to know who I'm racing. I do not want to know because I do not need to have any outside distractions. That's interesting. I, I do not want to know that I'm racing this guy or that guy because I don't want to think about my history with that guy. Oh, I've never raced this guy. I wonder what he's like. Or, ooh, last time I raced him, he, he annihilated me. I don't want to think about that because when you get into a race car, you want to you want to be focused. It's all about focus because you want to be consistent. You want to have that reaction is is essential. You want to have a great reaction time, and and in order to have a great reaction time, you have to block everything out of your head except what the task at hand is. The task at hand is I have to do all the processes that I do and what I go through has to be exactly the same. Exact. I put my gloves on the same way. I put my seatbelts on the same way. My helmet, everything I do is in the same order so that I am repeating the identical behavior that makes me successful at what I do. Some people call it superstition. I call it being in the zone. And, and, and what's interesting is I, I don't want to know who I'm racing because, like I said, I, I don't want any outside things to get into my head. Are you really racing the other guy or are you racing yourself? Quite honestly, I'm racing myself, and and I pretend like we typically get either two to three qualifiers before we go into first round. I I say, okay, this is qualifier number four. Now I'm in the second round. This is qualifier number five. In other words, approach it the same way every time. And and really, I approach qualifying like it's an elimination round, meaning that I have to duplicate that behavior because consistency is what wins races. That you know. Everybody needs a little bit of luck. Everybody, you know, you get that break that you were able to get on to the next get by that guy or whatever. But but it's all about being consistent. And and it's interesting. Um, so the first round for me, and I would say probably for any racer, is the hardest. Believe it or not. Really. For many of us, it's been a little while that we've been in the seat. You know, now that now you, the nerves. 
the human body, the brain starts taking over and you get nervous. And, and this is going to be funny. Um, so on my wedding day, it's amazing. I, my, I was with my brother, Mike. He was my best man. And we're waiting and we're waiting for the bride to come up. And, and, and I, well, I kid you not, I probably went to the restroom, I want to say about 40 times. 40 <laughs> times. I didn't have one glass of water. It's like I drank 65 million gallons of water because I had to use the restroom so bad about 40 times, right? Well, the very same thing happens to me before first round at every race. Yeah. I have to continuously use the restroom and, and that's the nerve and that's the nerve. But, but it's just interesting. It happens to a lot of people. And once you get over that and you're able to block that out and not have that be a distraction, it's like, all right, here we go. Here we go. You know, and, 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 and then you get you more. Feel, how do you feel? Describe what life is like when you're sitting in the driver's seat and, and, and it's, it's counting now the, the tree starts. What's it, what does it feel like to be alive at that moment? It, it feels really awesome. It, it really, it, it's. In what way? Like I said, uh, excitement, excitement, adrenaline ready to as soon as i let go of that button that car is zooming like a cannon and and my car is one of the faster cars in our category so it's a handicap style racing so typically um, i always give the other guy a head start and and i have to run him down and and it's all about i can't wait until i can be right on his tail and know where i am on the track and obviously the faster i catch him the more it Probably I won the race and it's, it's, you know, I'm hoping I'm going to catch him fast, but I'm not even thinking about that. I'm, I'm thinking about that light, letting go of the button and having a good reaction. And, you know, as a driver, oh, I got it good. Or, oh, I was late. And then if you know, you're like, oh, I was late. Hopefully. If you ever knew, describe to people that are listening to this podcast, the, the, how the tree works and what the reaction time has to be when you everybody's seen drag racing, right? You see the it starts out with light and then it goes, then it hits the green light and it's go time. But what are, what kind of reaction times are you looking for? Believe it or not, so in, in drag race, the, the tree in my type of racing, each bulb, each yellow bulb is five tenths of a second apart. So that it's three ambers, it goes one amber, two amber, three amber. There's five tenths of a second in between each one. And and um, you, you, a perfect reaction time is a triple zero. Uh, I've done it before. Other people have done it before. It, it's luck. It's, you don't plan to have a triple zero. I've also been one thousandth of a second red. And it doesn't matter if you beat your guy by a million miles. If you're red, you're disqualified immediately. So that's going red is probably the most horrible feeling there is in drag racing. And the funny thing is, Whenever you go red by one thousandth of a second, rest assured your opponent, his reaction time starts with a one, which is horrible, which only makes it harder to swallow. Right. But I don't know why. Maybe maybe it's the almighty powers above, but it always happens where you go red by one thousand and your opponent's reaction time started with, with a one. And, and it's like, How does that feel for all the rallying? It feels good. Right? Winning. Hey, that's 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 one of the things. Nothing like it. Yeah. 
Yeah. You, know, you hear sometimes sometimes people say, "Well, winning isn't everything." <laughs> well, they probably haven't won anything in a while. <laughs> in drag racing, it's everything. It's not. You know, some people say, "Well, how much money do you win?" I don't care if I win any money. It's all about that trophy and that honor, and 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 you're you're well respected by your peers. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Interesting. Talk it's to me. Talk to me about. Um, your mindset as it relates to practice. How often, how often do you, to, to be at the top of your game as a, as a professional driver, what do you, how often do you have to practice and what's that like? Believe, believe it or not, the practice that I do is, is mental practice because there is no practice for me. The practice is qualifying. Like for instance, I'm going to give you an example. My last race, which I happened to runner up at, I lost the final. Um, in uh, Vegas, I think it was like April 5th, somewhere around there. Um, so my next race is coming up uh, next week in, in Norwalk, Ohio. It's going to be uh, June 23rd through the 27th, and uh, or the 24th it starts. So, so think about this. I go from April 5th to June, from being last time in the car, to now June 24th will be my next time in the car. Well, you say, what's my practice? There, there was no practice in between there. there what, what there is, is is what I call seat time. I've had enough seat time in, in, I've been fortunate enough to have enough seat time that there's a saying, it's like riding a bike. It, it is like riding a bike, but your body uh, loses the acclimation of going 210 miles an hour in six seconds. So there's going to be a little bit of jitters for round one. And as soon as I do the burnout, as soon as I back up and I launch, and then when I say launch, the first 30 feet of the run, I'm good to go. Because now I've become acclimated with that sensation. And, and, and that's my practice. So the, the thing is, what I strive for is that very first run after being out of the seat for so long is, is important because I want to see how good my reaction is. And generally speaking, that first run, I don't know why, happens to be like my best reaction time of the whole weekend. Maybe it's because I'm the most focused and I'm the least relaxed because now in Q2, qualifier number two, I'm a little bit more relaxed. I'm not as much on edge. And, and perhaps maybe that's why. But what I strive for is to duplicate that same behavior each and every time. Usually I'm pretty good at it. I mean, so, yeah. we talk about adversity again i remember one time a few years ago and you don't have to talk about this if you don't want to but you had a you had a rather significant crash yes do, do you mind talking about that no not at all not at all what what, what, ha what happened and describe for people you know what happened and because <laughs> i remember seeing the video of it it was really pretty amazing yeah so so the um the you never want to crash in drag racing. It's it's a horrible feeling. It's it's a, a believe it or not, you know, it, it, it you're more I, I'm safer in my car crashing at 190 plus miles an hour than you are crashing in your regular car on the freeway at 50. Believe it or not, I'm safe. Uh, they build the cars amazing. The safety equipment's amazing, and um and you don't you know I I never think oh my goodness I'm going to be hurt. There's going to be something happening to me when this happens. What I'm thinking of is my dad and how 
upset he's going to be and how much maybe I've let my team down. And, and am I going to be able to do this again? Because the cost factor to replace a, a broken car is, is extravagant. It, it's in any event, at the end of the day, people are just hoping that we hope he's safe because nobody knows until you get out of the car, you get checked, so on and so forth. But um, I've actually had two incidences. Okay. Oh. And, 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 um, I can tell you this, I have no regrets. I am very thankful that I went through the things crashing the race car that I did because it's made me a better driver today. And, and I'll tell you what, and, and I'll get into the, what I mean by that. So it was about, it was 2013 actually, where I was, I was only going 185 miles an hour at the time. And I went through the finish line. I pulled the parachute. And all of a sudden, the car made like a right-hand turn. The car made a right-hand turn. I hit the wall. When I hit the wall, the car barrel rolled one time really quick. And then it, and then it came on all fours on, and right side up. And I bounced off the other wall. And then the car, and I was in the right lane to start. And then the car, I was traveling the wrong way down the left lane towards the guy that I was racing. So... Now I'm about to go head on with a car after doing what I just described. We both stopped in enough time. I don't know how, but we did. I got out of the car and, 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 but here's what I can tell you. I don't think that, and, and, and everybody shares the same experience that I had. Time slows down to quarter speed, not even half speed. It's super slow-mo. So this whole time as I'm doing this, maybe it was, you know, the run was at the time, it was like a 720 run because I was only going 185 miles an hour. And the crash was probably four seconds. But the, that four seconds in my brain, I was able to process so much information because it was it was quarter speed. It was about a minute and a half. I, I had a that's million. What it, that's what it felt like. To you. Yes, it, 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 it was super, super, super slow motion. It was like I was in a bubble. I was well protected. I don't know how or why, but I knew I was going to be fine. I knew I wasn't in any danger. I was honestly thinking of my dad and how he's going to kill me. And I'm never going to be able to race again. And for those of you that are listening, I, I'm able to race because of my dad. He's my sponsor. He's the one that owns the car, so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, so, so that happened. And, and, then, and then we'll quickly fast forward. In an elimination round in Vegas, some five, six years later, which was a couple of years ago, um, I, I had just completed winning the round. I went to pull the parachute. My car didn't feel like it was slowing down. And I got a little bit nervous. And this is in Vegas. There's a long shutdown. And I got on the brakes a little bit too hard. And I have carbon fiber brakes. And with carbon fiber brakes, the hotter they get, the harder, the better they work. I got on the brake pedal too hard. The car made a right-hand turn, and it. But I didn't hit the wall. I did a 360, and only by the most infinitesimal margins, my car scrubbed the wall. But it, it, but it did damage to the car. So I got the win, but I crossed. I was in the left lane. I crossed in front of my opponent, who's next to me in the right lane. Didn't hit him. Thank God. Car did a 360. We were able to. We had a replace some parts, the wheelie bar. We had to tape up the car and, and I was able to proceed. And I went on to win two more rounds of that race, which was unbelievable. 
So here's what I'm going to tell you. So last year, at the end of the last race of the year in Pomona, it has a very short shutdown area. My parachutes didn't open. They didn't work. And, and I can tell you that because of my experience, my bad experiences of crashing two times, well, crashing one time and having an incident another time, um, I, is why I didn't crash in Pomona. Because the shutdown is so long, I took every inch of that track to stop before you go into what they call the beach. It's, it's a long, sandy area where it does a lot of damage to your car, but it stops you safely. I was able to stop knowing how much or how little brake pressure to use to safely stop the car without the assistance of parachutes. God bless you. And it was because of that, because of the bad experiences. You know, life, listen, in life, we all learn what not to do because of mistakes we've made. Yes. We make a mistake, we learn from it. And then that's basically what those two incidents for me in, in a race car have done is they've allowed me to become a better driver by learning what not to do when you're faced with, you know, adverse uh, conditions. Yeah. Well, listen, I, we're running out of time here, but I want to congratulate you. If you could take, uh, well, this is, this is actually a topic for an, a whole other call with you you know, about building Mountain View Tire into a, a, conglomerate, not a conglomerate, a really powerhouse in Southern California, nationally, nationally known brand, Mountain View Tire, and then, and then having the good fortune to, to sell it at the, at the right time, you know, and move on. How does that make you feel? It, it, it makes me feel, feel very good, very proud, very proud to be part of a, a great thing that, that my, my family, my, our, our dad, my brothers, that we all built realistically from the ground up. And, and it's afforded us the life that we have. And, and it's enabled us to, to really be, in, in, to quote one of your words, a powerhouse in what we do, being really good at what we do, which now, um, as you know, we, we retained one of the locations, we renamed it the Fast Hire and Auto Service. And now on a much, much smaller scale, we're able to become even better at, at what we've done with Mountain View and now bring it forward to, to this new location, Fast Tire. And um, it's awesome. But, but I, uh, again, like I said, everything we wanna be the best at, it, it's, a, it's a great sense of pride, a great sense of ownership. And, and, and being at the top of our game. I know your dad started out in uh, owning a, uh, a, a restaurant, right? Yes, yes. A Greek, a Greek, was a Greek diner? A Greek diner, of course. Only Greek, oh, oh, oh. the only oh. people that own diners are Greeks. Who would think, right? <laughs> they even own a Greek diner. And then he goes from there. But he got started drag racing as a young man in Long Island, right? He did, Greek he racing, did. Greek racing? He did, yes, and on the track. And, and he said... To himself, he said, if I ever make it big one day, this is what I want to do. And, and, and he did it. You know, he did it. And, and, and we continue to do it. And uh, it's awesome. It's yeah. awesome the fact that I get to do that with him. It's, it's, yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's a blessing. Special. Yeah, it really is. You have a great philosophy, Paul, about life, I think. And, uh, and I, I consider you a good friend. And uh, yeah, likewise. Look forward to continuing our, our work together. And, uh, uh, I'm sure a lot of people are going to listen to this. Great, great to see you. You know, and I appreciate you. And so, have yeah, a good of course. 